And this morning I want to talk about the silence of God. The silence of God. Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse 21. Jesus then left Galilee, and I'm reading from the NLT version, and went north to the region of Tyre and, uh, and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter has a demon in her, and it is severely tormenting her. But Jesus gave her no reply. Not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to leave, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then he said to the woman, I was sent only to help the people of Israel, God's lost sheep, not the Gentiles. But she came and worshipped him and pleaded again, Lord, help me. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs, he said. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even dogs are permitted to eat crumbs that fall beneath their master's table. And if you have a dog, you know this is true. Woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Father, we just thank you this morning, my God, for your word. Lord, just by reading it, we're strengthened by it, Father. God, and I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today. Let this be a time, my God, in which we open up ourselves to you. Let this be a time, my God, in which we open up our hearts and our minds to what you have for us today, God. Father, we have such a great need always to hear from you. Would you speak to us today, my God? May your word come alive in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No, this passage has really troubled many people who have read it. Because it's hard to understand why Jesus would be silent after listening to this emergency request by a desperate mother. It's hard to understand why when she's desperate, the Bible says that he didn't answer her. She was desperate for her daughter. You know, we, we can understand why Jesus was, was silent when the chief priest at his trial challenged him to defend himself. We understand why Jesus might be silent then. But here's a woman who is in trouble. And she's heartbroken over the serious condition of her daughter. But he ignores her. It doesn't make sense to us because we want to believe in a Jesus who always hears our prayer. We want to believe in a Jesus who always answers, always speaks, always acts. That's the kind of Jesus we want to believe in, right? That he always answers. He always hears us. He always speaks. He always acts. That's the kind of Jesus 
We want to believe in. In that type of Jesus. Let me share some principles. Number one, God's silence doesn't mean go away. It means keep praying. God's silence doesn't mean go away. It means keep praying. The woman said this. She said, Lord, have mercy on me. And Jesus said not a word to her. I don't, really, I don't know if you've ever gotten the silent treatment from your spouse. I know it never happened. Not anybody in this room. Maybe you know somebody who knows somebody whose neighbor or cousin went through that. Have you ever gotten a, the silent treatment from someone? Well, she got the silent treatment from Jesus. See, this is so hard for us to accept because we've come to expect almost a vending machine type of God. We, we stand before him. We take our prayer. We, 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 we take our prayer quarter almost. We make our selection. We put it in the slot. And we expect Jesus to always give us what, we, what we've selected, what we want, and how we want it, and when we want it. And when he doesn't do that, we're very disappointed. We, we want to serve a Christ who always does this, who always speaks, always acts, always gives. But in this situation, in this portion of Scripture, Jesus didn't have a word for her. Jesus, he's described as the word of life, right? The living word, the all-knowing, the all-seeing, the all-caring God. He didn't have a word for her. And, and that troubles many people. Why would Jesus ignore her? Now, the disciples had a word. It wasn't a very good word, but it was a word. They said, send her away, Jesus. That was their word. Send her away. Now, that's not what Jesus wanted to do. That's not what he ever wants to do to us. See, silence doesn't mean go away. Maybe between humans it does, you know. You get the silent treatment, okay, I got you. I'm going to turn around and go away because apparently you don't want to talk to me. But here, it, it, silence doesn't mean go away. You know, and, and we don't like silence, do we? Because as soon as we get in the car, what happens most times? The radio goes on, right? You've got to turn something on. As, as soon as we get, we get home, if you're like me, where's the remote control? You know, my kids already know. Here, Dad, remote control. Yeah, I could be missing a Walton's episode or something. I don't know. You know, some, some people have multiple TVs going on at the same time. You have a TV going on in the living room, maybe in the den, the bedroom, the kitchen. I mean, you have multiple TVs going on. You know, there, there's people who can't go to sleep without some kind of noise, right? So you turn on the radio, turn on the TV, because if it's too quiet, then they, they can't sleep. Some people, you know, so we're, 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 we're used to, to that. We don't like silence for the most part. But sometimes silence is good. Sometimes silence speaks of reverence. You know, when we, when we go to a cemetery to visit a loved one, we don't speak much, do we? You go to a cemetery, perhaps you, you'll stand there 
If there's a place to sit, you'll sit, you'll, you'll ponder. You don't go in there just laughing. I mean, there's a sense of silence. So sometimes silence is good. See, sometimes God is in the silence. Sometimes God is in the silence. But how do you handle a God who chooses not to speak in your emergencies? When you're in the middle of a, of a, of a tough time in your life, how, how, do you, how do you handle a God who chooses not to respond to you? How do you handle a Jesus who tells you to get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake, but he goes to sleep when your life is in shambles, when you're in danger? Where is Jesus? Oh, he's asleep. Jesus, you're asleep. I'm about to die here and you're asleep. The way you handle God's silence is by understanding that there's good reason for silence. We may not know the reason, but we don't even have to speculate. We have to learn to trust God and keep praying. Trust God in the silence. Because many times, God is, exists in the silence. His presence is in the silence. When we don't hear God, when, we, when we're praying, we don't hear God's voice. That's God in the silence. Now, there's something else, another principle we can learn from this woman. Worship God before the answer comes. Worship God before the answer comes. Because Jesus finally spoke up. And Jesus says to her, I wasn't sent for you. He tells her, I was only sent to those who are of the house of Israel, the lost sheep of Israel. You're, you're a Gentile. I wasn't sent for you. So first, he ignores her, and then he excludes her. He ignores her, and then he excluded her, saying, I wasn't sent for you. You know, most people would have been done with Jesus at this point, right? Say, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm out of here. But this woman wouldn't quit. She came to Jesus, and the Bible says that she knelt in worship. The word for knelt in verse 33 is a word that is often used to describe worship. She knelt before Jesus. So she knelt before Jesus in worship. This is Jesus who, had, who didn't talk to her, and when he did speak to her, he excluded her, saying, I wasn't sent for you. And yet, the Bible says that she knelt in worship. Before he did anything for her, she worshiped. Before she got her answer... She acknowledged him as a God who could answer her prayers. She worshiped. You know, the, the biggest temptation that we have when Jesus is silent, when God is silent, is to ask, why me, God? Why me? How many of you have ever asked that? Why me? Why is this happening to me? This woman teaches us to say, in essence, she's saying, why not me? Why not me? In other words, she knew this wasn't about her or her daughter. This was about God. So she worshipped him. She, she knelt and she worshipped him. 
And think about how hard that must have been to worship Jesus because she might have wanted to scream at him in desperation. Really, perhaps she wants to say, Jesus, come on. You, you, you ignore me, you exclude me. Perhaps inside of her she wanted to scream at Jesus. Jesus, help me. But the Bible says that she worshiped. See, anyone can worship when things are going well. Anybody can. That is not a difficult thing to do. Anyone can worship when things are going well. It takes a true believer to worship during a trial. It, it takes a true believer to worship during a trial. One of the memories I have of growing up as a son of a pastor, and I've shared this story, many of you have heard the story, but years when I was 14 years old, I still remember 14 years old, we were in Robstown, and there was a member of a church in the valley. My parents had pastored in, down in South Texas in the valley, San Benito. And they, from there, they went to Robstown. But there was a, a family, a young family, who had became, became Christians under the ministry of my parents. And my, my dad had married him and his wife. And they had three kids. And uh, we had moved to Robstown. And one afternoon, the mom was in the vehicle with two of the, two of the three kids. Or all three of them. I'm sorry, all three of them. But they were in a terrible car accident. Her and the two kids were tragically killed in this car accident. Only one, the oldest, survived the accident. And I, I'll never forget, they called my, my dad. My dad wasn't a the pastor there, but they called him, let him know, and I remember my parents going to the prayer service, to the funeral service, and I went with them, drove from Robstown to the valley, a few hours of driving. And I was 14 years old, so it, it and I'll, I'll I've never forgotten this visual when I walk into the funeral home with my parents and up the front are three coffins. Coffin of the mom and two small coffins of the kids. I don't know, they might have been five or six, you know, their children. And I and I that vision has never escaped me as long as I've lived and I've seen that as I walk in and I walk in my parents walk up towards the front, and, and I stay behind because I'm 14 years old. I don't want to, that's not something I want to see up close, right? Uh, but I remember my parents go up there, and this man who's a godly man, a godly man, uh, he sees my parents, and he collapses in my dad's arms, and, and, uh, and I, still, I still remember that. I still remember that. him saying, hermano mundo, he says, se, se me acabó mi familia. He says, pastor, I've, I've lost my family. He was just left him and his daughter, losses. But I, during the service, as the, as the service began, one thing that I did notice that I've never forgotten either was his ability to worship God during this time. Because I would hear him, and he was in the front with his family, and they were, he had a, surrounded with a lot of family around him. And I would hear him during the service utter these words with lots of, you know, the, all the strength that he could muster up. You can imagine his life would change forever. He would say, Hallelujah. And during the service, he would say, and I could sense there was a lot of pain in that word. He would say, Hallelujah. Just like that. Now, I've never forgotten that. Never forgotten that. 
I thought, man, he's doing all this. He's still worshiping God. I thought, man, gosh. And I was about 14 years old. I've never forgotten that. See, this woman, she was in a lot of pain. And she worshiped God. The Bible says that she knelt down. She worshiped him and said, Lord, have mercy. No long prayer. No big words. Just a cry for help. Remember Peter when he was sinking? Peter doesn't pray a long prayer. He simply says, Lord, help me. Remember the, the, the thief on the cross being crucified next to Jesus? He doesn't pray this long prayer. All he, all he says is, Lord, remember me. Remember me. Prayer is not about many words. It's the cry of the heart. It's, it's the emotion of a broken spirit. It's the recognition of a God who is attentive to our words, who hears us. It's not the many words. It's not the fancy prayer. It's not the fancy words. It's us saying, Lord, I need you. Help me. And this woman worshiped God. She she worshiped Jesus, the Jesus who had ignored her, the Jesus who had excluded her, and yet she worships him and says, Lord, help me. Are you hurting today? Worship him. Are you sad? Worship him. Do you feel discouraged? Do you feel depressed? Worship him. Let him know that he's not just a vending God type of God to you. He's not a vending machine God to you, that you love him during the difficult times. And then I would say, the last principle, let God bless you in any way that he wants. Let God bless you in any way that he wants. The woman said, Lord, help me. Right? And Jesus answered, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. This to me is unbelievable because here is God likening her to a dog. Now all the eyes are on the woman. What is she going to say? Man, I bet she goes off on Jesus, right? Jesus has ignored her, has excluded her, and now has embarrassed her. What is she going to do? Will she walk away saying, hey, I tried. This Jesus guy doesn't, doesn't get it. Well, will she become angry and shake her fist at Jesus and say, I've had enough of Jesus? What is she going to say? And amazingly, she responds with this. Oh, yes, Lord, you're right. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. For us, it's leftover. It says, but even dogs enjoy that. So says, if you have a dog, we have our little Yorkie who is spoiled. Now, we've spoiled her. 
when we eat, when you sit down to eat in the house, she's there. I mean, she's right there, just staring at you, giving you this guilty look. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. And I, I never intentionally give her food. But my, my wife does. She'll like, her and will drop off. And there's tricks, and she, I mean, she gets it. But every time we sit down for her to eat, actually, she's always there sitting, just staring at us. This woman says, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. See, we don't have to have the original fish and loaves. But even the crumbs are enough for us because even the crumbs, she says, are blessed by you, Jesus. I'll take the crumbs. As long as they're blessed by you, I'll, I'll, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll take what, what you give me, Jesus. If it's blessed by you, I'll take it. So she was saying, Lord, bless me any way you can. Bless me any way you want to bless me. I don't care, Jesus. I just want you. I need your blessing in my life. I need you in any form or fashion. I will take your blessing. All I want is your hand on me. That's what she's saying. I don't care. I don't care. I believe that we should be specific with our requests before God. But we should be also be willing to, for him to bless us any way he wants to bless us. Ask God and allow God to bless you in any way he wants to bless you. It may be different. Maybe it may be a way that he may be blessing so-and-so this way, but God wants to bless you in another way. And you're saying, but God, I want to be blessed by like that person. No, God, I, just bless me. I don't care. Anyway, he, he wants to bless us. Don't use the term, thy will, thy will be done, to avoid getting specific with Jesus. Go ahead and get specific. God, this is what I want. This is what I'm asking. You know, I shared with you that my prayer for years, <laughs> and my wife will tell you, I would say, hon, I want to go... I want to go spend a, a service in Orange Grove, that little bitty town, because I want to see the church that Dad started. I want to see it. And she would say, "Hun, maybe one of these years we'll get to go. Maybe one of these years. And that was always my, my, my prayer. I wanted, one day I want to go. One day I want to go. And years passed, but God is so faithful. God is so faithful that God gave me exactly what I was praying for. Exactly what I was praying for. Exactly. Matthew 7, 7 says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. This is Jesus speaking. Philippians 4, 6 do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. James 4.2 says this, you want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. 
You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. The woman had a specific request. Her request was, Jesus, deliver my demon-possessed daughter. That was her request. I need you. My daughter needs you. Look, she needs you. But she was willing to receive even the crumbs of God's blessing because the crumbs of God's blessing are much better than anything else we may receive anywhere else. And Jesus said this to her. You have great faith. You have great faith. She was a woman of faith. And he says, your request is granted. And the Bible says that her daughter was healed at that moment. Healed at that moment. I don't know if God has ever been silent to you. I don't know. Perhaps this morning you've come, you've been praying for something for years. And you think, God, where's the answer? I go to church. I give my tithe. I pray. I read my Bible. God, where, where are you? Where are you? God is in the silence sometimes. Within that silence, God's presence can be real. So I want to encourage you today. Don't give up. If God is silent to you, if God seems silent to you today, don't give up. Don't give up. Because God is in the silence today. Would you bow with me? Would you bow? Hallelujah. 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 I would just ask that there be as little movement as that's needed. Because God is here today. God is here. God is here for you today. God is here for you. God is here for you. God knew you would be here. And God has sent me to tell you that he loves you. God has sent me to tell you that he hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He loves you. Father, today I I pray, God. I pray your love upon your people. Father, I've, I've shared what I felt you wanted me to say. Father, now you're in charge. 
you're in charge. I just pray that you would move right now in the hearts of families right now. Holy Spirit, do the work that only you can do. did was that she worshipped she worshipped Jesus even when it wasn't convenient for her even when she didn't feel like it even when Jesus was silent to her she worshipped she worshipped Jesus she worshipped him As we sing the song, worship Him. Worship Him. You do your part. I do my part. Don't worry about God. He's going to do His part. He's going to do His part. He's going to show up. He's going to meet your need. He's going to bless you. God will do His part. God will do his part. Let's worship God together. If you want to worship. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I am broken at your feet. Oh, yes. Like an alabaster of who I am. 